Hello and welcome to Comic Book Herald's Korean Annotators. I'm Dave Busing, founder and editor-in-chief of ComicBookHerald.com. Today I'm joined by Greg Pak, the writer of many, many comics including Planet Hulk, World War Hulk, Mech Cadet U, Ronan Island, Darth Vader, Stranger Things, Firefly, so many good comics. Greg, thanks so much for joining me today. It's a pleasure to have you and I'm excited to talk to you about your Kickstarter here, Cooking Will Break Your Heart. It's an ongoing Kickstarter project, a Korean-American Texan cookbook and memoir. It's already backed and rapidly approaching the stretch goal to create uh, an audiobook, I believe. Maybe, yep. maybe we've surpassed that since I checked this morning. I know it, it was <laughs> rapidly approaching. Um, Greg, thanks for joining. How are you doing, and, and how's the Kickstarter looking? I'm doing well. Thank you so much for having me. Um, and in particular, thanks for having me to come on and, and talk a bit. I mean, talk a bit about comics, but also talk about this... Uh, this Kickstarter, it's always a huge um, uh, pick-me-up when folks are willing to talk about genuinely independent, quirky, personal stuff. Yeah. So, uh, so yeah, this is a cookbook memoir. I, um, I, uh, I, I've been cooking a lot over and uh, posting photos. I started posting photos of my cooking process on on Twitter and where and and whatnot. Um, yeah. A number of years back, I kind of really picked up doing that during the pandemic when I was cooking a lot more, and. Uh, Folks um, seem to dig it, and I would have people say, hey, when are you going to do a cookbook? And the answer is, right now, finally doing it. Yeah. But uh, as I dug into it, I realized um, it's not just going to be recipes. It will be chock full of really awesome, simple, practical, fun recipes. I'm a busy freelancer. I like stuff that's fairly easy to cook, uh, and, but nonetheless delicious. So you're going to learn all that kind of good stuff. But, um, but I, you know, like once you start digging into it, Food and cooking uh, uncovers uh, everything. It's, <laughs> you know, history, family, uh, uh, memory, love mm-hmm. and death. It's all there, you know. So, uh, so, the, so the book's going to be, it, it's become a much more personal project and it's going to have um, stories and uh, comics and poems and uh, photos that are going to explore all the different kind of uh, emotional angles to all this different stuff I'm going to be talking about. Sure, sure. No, it sounds really interesting. What are Before we dig into sort of the, the content, um, what are your go-to recipes these days as an extremely busy freelancer? Like, what are the ones you've been most into yeah, uh, recently? Thanks. Yeah, I, um, uh, I, I mean, I, I, I love cooking Korean food, and I cook tons of Korean food, but um in just the the latest thing that i've kind of gotten a uh my uh i've begun to fool around with is uh this really simple baked chicken but with um with uh with nice seasoning uh i um i I realized that i had a tendency to saute and fry stuff almost all the time just Mm because it's you know like that because just or or broil um but uh, but at a certain point, I was like, I got these, um, I got these chicken breasts, and I, I want to do something really simple. Actually, you know what it was? Is that I had like some kind of medical test, and everything is fine. But I had a medical test where I needed Good. to, like, eat um, nothing. Like I couldn't have anything but just plain, you know, like plain chicken or something like that the day before. Okay. And so yeah. I was like, okay, I guess I'm just gonna, you know bake a piece of chicken salt how do, how do i make this good exactly yeah. right and then um so i did that and it was fine you know and then but then i was like you know what i could do this with well first off do it with dark meat instead of white meat because dark meat has you know it's better it's got more fat in it it's gonna mm-hmm. gonna, gonna be more succulent and then um yeah and then just season it up right you know what i mean like uh so i've been i, I did a big 
thing the other day where I just tried a whole bunch of different seasonings on it, uh, you know, on different pieces. And, uh, and of course, given my, given my palate, my favorite was the one with smoked paprika and garlic powder and uh, Korean uh, coarse red pepper. Delicious. Nice, yeah. Um, but, uh, but anyway, so that's, you know, that's, that's, that's one thing that I'm sort of obsessed with right now. I mean, I, uh, I, I, I have a few things that are just really easy to make that I fall back on a lot, including uh, chazuke, which is a Japanese soup, which is basically just like warm white rice with a little salmon tucked in, mm. uh, and, uh, and you pour hot green tea over it and add a little, uh, either some crumbled kim, which is that, uh, Korean, uh, 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 roasted seaweed or um, or some special chazuke seasoning but it's just like a really simple straightforward little soup that takes you like 10 seconds well like uh, like two minutes to make if you have uh, I, I can assure time. you it would not take me 10 seconds <laughs> <laughs> but that sounds very good <laughs> yeah, so yeah you know so that's kind of my I don't know I'm, I'm always looking for simple but savory and delicious things Awesome. Awesome. Yeah. No, they sound like some awesome recipes. People can find some of this stuff too. I, you know, you're always sharing on, on Twitter and social yeah, and yeah, stuff. Yeah. I see these things come in sometimes. Um, it, as far as the content of the cookbook, you know, this is called cooking will break your heart. Like you said, you know, you alluded to up front. Um, there's a lot of personal connection here and just sort of yeah. legacy and family and there's joy, but there's grief as well. And I, is there any, is there any hesitancy on your part in terms of like the, how personal this type of thing can get? Cause you know, you put a lot of yourself into yeah. your work. I imagine you can see it, but it can be, behind the the metaphor of yeah, 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 yeah. for example Absolutely. right this is all you is yeah. is that is that um it, how does that feel i guess going yeah, in it's, it's trying to write well that. it feels yeah. great but it is also a thing you know it's yeah it's a little scary right yeah. um i i uh it is going to be one of the most personal things that i've put out into the world um in recent years uh, uh but it feels like the right time and space for it i um i mean i as you're intimating, anything that I write, uh, I have to kind of fall in love with and invest myself in it. You know what I mean? Like, um, I'm not Darth Vader. I'm not a dark Lord of the Sith. I'm not the Hulk. I don't, I don't, yeah. you know, smash things. But, um, but you know, like I, I, you know, I, I know what it is to be furious and helpless and 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 uh, exploring those kinds of emotions. Um, helps you uh you know wrap your head around these characters and so anything that i write is personal in a weird way even the most corporate seemingly corporate thing that i do yeah. you know using um characters that i did not create um it's all got to be personal in order to make it sing but it's a whole nother level when you're writing in first person you mm -hmm. know? i mean i've done a lot of this kind of writing over the years um uh certainly when i was uh younger i made a short documentary about my family called fighting grandpa you know, back when I was in film school, um, sure. a personal documentary and all that. But, um, but yeah, as, uh, you know, in, in the, in the last, you know, since I've been writing professional comics, I haven't done a whole lot of this stuff aside from a few essays, but, um, I don't know. I mean, I'm getting older. I've lost a lot of people who are important to me. I mean, my mom died this last year. I, I mean, yeah. just, God, just, you know, in August and, uh, it's, um, it's just feeling more and more important to me to write about the stuff that really matters as uh, directly as I can, I guess is the way to put it. Um, I don't know. I think about the fact that like, I mean, my mom was amazing and uh, is probably a big per reason why I'm a writer because she read to us all the time and, you know, took us to the library 1800 million times and, and mm -hmm. was an English teacher herself 
you know, before she had us. And, and I mean, she was just incredibly supportive of all kinds of artistic and creative expression. Um, at the same time, I don't think she ever read a single one of my superhero comics. She just wasn't interested, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Um, I, like, she wasn't going to sit down and read the X-Men or whatever. Um, <laughs> and that's totally fine. But, mm -hmm. um, but she loved, loved this essay I wrote a few years back for Poetry Magazine. They invited me to write an essay about, like, basically the meaning of poetry in my life. They were interested yeah. in getting perspective from people of different backgrounds. So I was, you know, I, I wrote this kind of fun funny and but also you know emotionally honest um personal essay about you know my experiences as a kid and growing up with poetry yeah. and as an adult too and my mom loved it it was like her favorite thing that i'd written um which meant a lot you know and so there's part of me that's also like my mom would she would love this book i mean i'm gonna be mm. writing about her too you know because yeah. um there's so many you know who else cooked more for me in my life than my mom and I cooked a lot for her, particularly in her last few years. And so, yeah. you know, I, I mean, I said, I say this on the Kickstarter page that every meal that I cook is, uh, is, uh, it's, it's like a love letter, um, to and from people who have, uh, been so important to me in my life. You know, all these people who've cooked for me and who I've cooked for, like every time I'm cooking something, I'm remembering that. Yeah. Um, and, uh, so, you know, cooking will break your heart, but you know, sometimes in a really good way. Anyway, so long, long answer to your question. Yes, it feels good to be doing this. At the same time, I, 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 I'm going to give myself enough time to write this thing and then sit with it for a while and look at it again and, and, and make sure that it's, it's at the right state to be sent out there in the world, you know? Um, sure, yeah. Like Not I, too I, raw. Right? Yeah, I mean, I, I think raw is great. I mean, and, and maybe sometimes like really raw is exactly what you want but i need mm -hmm. i need to make sure i've got you know I, I give it a little time a little bit more time than i would with my say an average darth vader comic you know what i mean to kind of yeah, yeah. percolate a bit and make sure i'm i'm really uh you know i'm able to look at it with clear eyes and, and know what i'm doing um, yeah but it all feels sense. great i mean it feels yeah i mean i, I <laughs> this is sounds indulgent but yeah there are times when i'm writing this kind of stuff and i'll literally you know start crying at the keyboard um uh which is um it sounds terrible but it's actually kind of great you know what i mean so mm. um and then also it's you know like i mean i i say it's cooking is joy is grief and joy you know so uh so the memories are great so there's you know so it feels good on many different levels um but yeah i'm gonna definitely take the time to make sure i'm not just uh you know dumping all my raw notes on everybody and uh, yeah and make sure it's also crafted i mean there's a great challenge to take all this disparate material you know because it's kind of, like it could be kind of like a collage almost zine like feel which may work just great but i still want to have a through line you know what i mean have mm. some kind of big emotional arc for the whole piece and I, I think i know what i'm doing there but i need to you know take the time to get it right sure sure no that makes sense no it's it's definitely i mean it's it's interesting and, and it makes sense to see you processing this loss and first off you know i'm sorry for your loss this year i mean that's oh, that's a know. huge one and I, I read your your essay you know your your um kind of your your like you said your love letter to your mom it's beautiful beautiful piece um but i'm i can definitely imagine you know that you're it, that's a tough one to get out on the keyboard um you mentioned the poetry and kind of your mom loving that essay which was a, a piece that i loved and I, I read that as well oh wow and i, I yeah i can definitely see it was funny, like having read that, I'm like, oh, I can see how a lot of 
your comics work that I've enjoyed, like how how poetry and comics, you know, are so intertwined, right? And yeah. just you're writing these short caption boxes yeah, and spaces yeah, yeah, yeah. where you have to make a, you know a limited amount of words saying in a, in a visual medium. Um, here's a question that I don't know if you've been asked before. Um, who are your favorite poets in comics? Like oh. who are who are the influences for you as far as like comic storytelling that you feel like they really oh. have like a poetic spirit? Um, well, you know the. Um... I would, I mean, in terms, like, like the, I think the, the Frank Miller, those voiceover captions that he's so famous for, for, you yeah. know, from uh, Batman Year One and Dark Knight, like there, there is a really great rhythm and poetry to those, you know what I mean? Like, it's, it's almost like, you know, like that kind of Hemingway succinctness, yeah. but it's got a, you know, tremendous um, uh rhythm to it that's just really powerful you know what i mean it's that kind of less is more stuff and uh, sure. i think that's amazing um i mean there's visual poetry uh you know which is just you know stuff that just sings at you you know i mean like probably you know in terms of just those kinds of like uh you know those that series of still images that uh, that, that make your heart just sore i mean mobius and uh, miyazaki are really high up there for me with that kind of that sure. kind of thing i think um i think peanuts is a big influence mm. on me in terms of language i mean it's weird like you don't necessarily think of peanuts as uh, poetry but again that kind of rhythm and dialogue and yeah uh, i mean peanuts also is kind of amazing when you think how uh influential that was on um I don't know. I mean, I'd have to do a study to see how how much of an outlier it was, or how 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 special it was at the time for this. But I feel like just the colloquialism and the of everyday language. You know what I mean? Mm. Like, um, you know, like we grew up. I grew up at a time when you know, like it was like there was a kind of formal writing that was taught in schools, and you know, like fractions were frowned. I mean, it, not fractions. Um, contractions were frowned upon, and. Mm-hmm. And you're supposed to like not start sentences with the word and or but yeah, yeah. you know what i mean like there are these kinds mm-hmm. of um and some of that you know still tracks to this day i mean there's definitely a uh you know different degrees of this but peanuts it's just the language is so free you know and um the way i, I remember like uh you know like all the kids say gonna g-o-n-n-a you know what mm-hmm. i mean and, and you know like I, that sounds like such a simple thing but i don't i don't know that that's always I, I, that's still, I think that feels really modern and special and, um, yeah. and just real, uh, you know, all the hollering, you know, all the different, uh, yeah. you know, I, I mean, and, and Schultz is also a master of lettering. Like, I, mm-hmm. I don't know that he, uh, gets as much credit for that as, uh, I, I mean, he gets credit for everything. He's a master of the craft. Everybody loves that stuff. But, um, but I, I really do, um, I think his lettering is dazzling. Like you look at those strips and, um, the lettering is kind of seamless in that it's all of a piece, but he's using totally different strategies for different kinds of sounds and moments, you know, uh, and um, and that's poetry too. You know what I mean? Like, 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 like thinking about layout, how, yeah, you know, yeah, how, how yeah, things right? are hitting on you the know? page. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, you think about the way uh, different sizes of letters and shapes uh, convey different feelings and sounds. So, I don't know. Yeah. Those, are, those are a few folks that come to mind immediately. That was that's interesting. Yeah, no, that was um in college. I think you mentioned this in your essay. In college, for me, uh, E. E. Cummings was you know one of oh, those yeah. huge influences on just like what language can do. But also initially, I had such a hard time conceptualizing the the flow and yeah. just the way that like laying out these 
these words in this way, I was like, this is too weird. <laughs> like, I can't, I need to like rearrange my head, you know? But yeah, no, it's, and it's so essential in comics, whether it's peanuts or, yeah, yeah. or modern stuff, um, to, yeah. to experiment with that, to get, to get new impact. Yeah. That out of e how you can put e these things. coming stuff is like, it's, it, it really is comics thinking, I think, you know what I mean? Because mm -hmm. he you know, really is playing with that spacing and everything else. It's, it's yeah. really interesting. Yeah, for sure. So you're no stranger to Kickstarter projects. Um, you know, you've had a, a number of successes. Uh, you even wrote Kickstarter Secrets, right? You've had this really interesting um, path to success for some of these personal projects. I guess first question with this is anything going differently with uh, Cooking Will Break Your Heart? Like, is there anything here that feels like a, a change from what you've had experienced uh, in the past? I mean, in terms of like big scope, it's 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 very you know it's it's kind of by the book. You have a really big I mean, you know like you do all your prep uh you launch the thing uh and you have that nice big spike at the beginning you know which is mm -hmm. what you always get and then uh, hopefully that there's a i mean you know there's a there's usually a pretty you know pretty sharp but hopefully slowish decline over the next few days and mm -hmm. then you kind of get into this trough you know <laughs> where you're you're just kind of you know just kind of maintaining for a while and then and then you kind of try to find a way to goose it up a couple times during the campaign and then at the end you're going to get another another spike because you know like yeah. uh people are like oh it's ending i, I now i really gotta you know you know, gotta do this um and you know so it's it's following that same pattern which is great because that's the you know you don't you don't want to not have a big spike at the beginning um mm. I think what's surprising is that it's just doing a little better than I expected. I mean, it's actually doing considerably better. I'd, I'd um, hmm. I kind of had that Kickstarter Secrets book in mind as uh, uh, as my sort of basis of comparison of what I expected this thing to do because they're both digital how-to books essentially. Um, yeah. And uh, but within the first, I mean, we're a, a, only a week in. We're no, we're a little over a week in. We're about a third of the way through the campaign right now with with. Um, with cooking will break your heart and it's almost 150 percent of what kickstarter secrets did so it's just more um more folks have yeah. jumped on board um and in retrospect it's like of course they did because i mean kickstarter secrets was a huge success i was thrilled with it um but um but it had uh you know but the number of people who are interested in doing crowdfunding learning about crowdfunding is just statistically much smaller than the number of people who are interested in food you know what i mean it's like <laughs> like who's not yeah. interested in food on some level or another so um right so you know so the potential audience is just a lot bigger um uh so that's you know so that's exciting um yeah it's uh, awesome uh but yeah no it's 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 been fun cool cool no it's doing great we'll definitely include links here in the show notes for everybody who wants to check it out cool. uh, i do want to change gears a little yeah. bit here at the end and just talk some of your comics work as well mm -hmm. uh let's start with darth vader if we can yeah. I, I for a lot of readers so i've been i've been really enjoying this run first of oh, all i've thanks. been digging this a lot um for a lot of readers there's such a dissonance between that feeling of experiencing like the original trilogy as a kid um and then incorporating the later prequels and obviously it'll vary by age but for me that was that was my experience in darth vader you're weaving in the prequels very thoroughly yeah. right right down the dialogue yeah, 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 um, yeah. you know some stones left unturned uh What's your relationship to the prequels and, and kind of what made that the interesting approach for you to take this thing that is obviously controversial in Star Wars fandom yeah, yeah. Well, and like really thoroughly, you know, integrate? I, well, I'm looking, uh, folks are listening to this on uh, just audio only, but I, but we're looking at each other on a, on basically a Zoom room, in a Zoom room here. Mm -hmm. And I'm seeing that we have a similar amount of Reed Richards uh, uh, gray on, in our, <laughs> on the sides of our heads here. So yep. I think, I think we've got a, we probably are coming at this from, uh, we're coming at this from a similar angle yeah i grew up with the with the original trilogy you know what i mean that that was those were the 
big Star Wars movies that I knew. And yeah. when the prequels came out, I was, you know, I was a little longer in the tooth and uh, a little more cynical and um, mm -hmm. was not, <laughs> I, they weren't my favorite, you know what I mean? Um, uh, but this has been a kind of tremendous chance to revisit all of that. And I've, I've yeah. watched and rewatched everything many times now, you know? And, sure. um, and I, and it has been really kind of amazing for me because um, when you study it on this level in order to kind of think through how you're putting a new story together, um, you see just the, the depth of the storytelling and how many, how many things are being done to set up certain things and how many echoes there are. And it's, it's, it's actually, it's beautiful, you know? I mean, Lucas has said that the whole, you know, that these first six movies are the tragedy of Darth Vader. You know what I mean? Like yeah. that's that's what they're that's what they're all doing. And um, and when you you know I I, I mean at doing this big deep dive and writing these books, I totally see that, and it's really powerful. It's yeah. really really powerful. So, um, you know, like I mean, just one tiny example of that is, uh, you know, there's this thing with um, Vader reaches. I mean, we all you know us old school folks were uh deeply impressed by that moment in empire when you know when vader reaches out to luke and he's like i mean of course yeah. the i'm your father moment but but you know this whole thing of like you know he reaches out his hand and says you know join me you know what i mean together we'll overthrow the emperor and and, yeah. and bring order to the galaxy you and me you and me he's and then and luke is like no you know and he just drops down you know he drop he 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 drops he drops down into the bowels of bespin and um and we tend to think of that from Luke's point of view. You know what I mean? Like we're, we're just horrified, of course, because it's sort of you know like that's the way the he's he's kind of our, our lead character in that moment. That's who we're following. But mm -hmm. when you go back and look at that again and think about that from Vader's point of view, Vader is wrecked in that moment. Yeah, you know, right. because he is he's reached out. And then you and then you then you watch the prequels, and you see the way that's set up. Mm -hmm. And and uh, and and compare that to the moment at the end of. Uh, Revenge of the Sith, um, when they when Anakin basically makes that same offer to Padme, yeah. and Padme's like, no, you know what I mean? And, and it's just, it's really, it's really powerful, you know. The, yeah. the and, and you know, so we did a thing in uh, in our book where um, Luke drops away and Vader's staring down, and we're kind of seeing Vader's perspective of things uh, with a red tint, you know, from his right. red tinted goggles or or not goggles, but you know, eyepieces and all that. And, um, and he's, he's flashing back to like, he's imagining Padme dropping away and his own mother, you know what I mean? Because there's, there's like, you know, these, these folks at Prince, at, at key points in Vader's life that he's, he's lost. He's lost the most important people to him. Mm -hmm. Family, you know, God, I've had newfound respect and love for all these different corners uh, yeah. of the Star Wars world. I mean, we've been in, and we've also incorporated stuff like Ochi of Bestoon and other elements from the uh from, oh, yeah. from the last trilogy too, so. Right. Yeah, no, that's uh right. And now bringing in the most recent three movies. That that's definitely been one thing I love about Star Wars as a franchise is how things that maybe I I'm not a huge fan of the prequels, which I I loved actually initially and then when i went back i was like oh no <laughs> what was i thinking um but then there's all these things that spin out of that and take 
okay, what is what is the meat on the bone? Yeah. What is the the magic here? And you know, stories like Clone Wars that a lot of fans have adapted to, you know, and animated, and then stuff like your run on, on Darth Vader, where it's like, oh yeah, okay, like there's there's this really fascinating from Vader's perspective time post Empire before Return of the Jedi that we really haven't gotten seen, you know, explored I quite mean, this, in this depth. This is the stunning thing about working on these books to me. Also, is that. Uh... They're just letting us go there. You know what I mean? Like yeah. They, they've opened up this time frame for us, and they're they're. I mean, this is a spoiler alert. If you haven't read the first uh, uh, couple issues of this run, um, you may want to pause or 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 mute for a second. But um, you know, we got to use Sabe, who is uh, one of Padme's handmaidens. Actually, mm-hmm. the, the Sabe was played by Kira Knightley in the original. Oh wow! Yeah, in, in the originals, <laughs> but. Um, you know, we, so we got to bring that character back years later. You know what I mean? And uh, mm-hmm. and that sounds like I like if you're not like immersed in all of this, it's like huh. But but if you're immersed in all this, that's that, that's actually a huge deal because of what it means emotionally to all these different characters and Vader himself. So hey, right. frankly, any chance, any any window to explore Vader on a deeper emotional level is incredible. You know what I mean? Like that's yeah. just that's yeah. that's that's the solid gold beating heart, beating dark heart of the of of the of the series, and and mm-hmm. having the chance to explore that is, I mean, it's this tremendous gift. So, and 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 uh, Rafaienko, Rafael Ienko, who's the main artist on the book, has been just eating it up. And, yeah, uh, been killing it. Yeah, yeah. No, it's it's a great. It's been a lot of fun to to experience. Um, we got War of the Bounty Hunters is what's been going yes. on in the Star Wars line. Uh, most recently, um, not that you can say like an exact thing, but kind of how how far do you see taking this, and kind of what's um what, how how extended are your plans? Yeah, Vader, well, guess, yeah, the other huge fun thing about working on these books is that we do a Star Wars call every every week with the writers and the editors, and uh, like everybody who's working on these 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 books has become. I mean, a lot of these folks were fast friends for years from before but ever it's just a really tight group and um it's just a pleasure just hobnobbing with everybody and and we sure, end up just yeah. like cackling uh because of all these ideas that were that are percolating and coming up um uh so yeah there is a there is a plan there is there's there i mean one of the nice things about this too is that it is it's a crossover so it's you know it involves multiple books but it's just the star wars stuff and that's smaller than like when you do like I did World War Hulk back in the day. I wrote the World War Hulk crossover, yeah, right. which was incredible, amazing experience. But that that affected literally dozens of books. You know what I mean? Um, mm-hmm. And uh, so it was a real mind bender to to keep track of all that. And um, and it's kind of unsustainable to do that long term to to be that integrated um and we're not gonna you know like and i'm not saying that these these books are all going to be lockstep but but uh in what we're doing right now but there's a manageable number of books so when they do Mm -hmm. need to coordinate directly it's 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 a lot more manageable um and uh and also you know just um having a kind of you know having having some things shift and change in the world and and uh having things matter becomes easier or i i it just it, it becomes easier and powerful you know so there are yep. things that are coming out of war of the bounty hunters that will absolutely affect things moving forward and there is you know uh there's a plan and there's uh there there are really great creators working on uh, this from very different angles and you're gonna get a nice. variety of really cool stories 
Yeah. Yeah, it's awesome. No, it's been it's been great. Is, is do you feel any um limitation or is there any sort of barrier in terms of like, well, we know we have to get to point C oh, yeah. for Return of the Jedi, well, right? Like you, is there I mean, restriction on that? Yeah, I can't really talk about that specifically without getting into spoiler territory. But in well, general, I, I guess not in less yeah, yeah, less in terms of the plot, more yeah. in terms of your own creativity. I mean, yeah, there there's, you know, like with any of um this kind of stuff. I mean, I'm, I'm working on Firefly. I'm working on Star Wars. I'm working on Stranger Things. And all of these, you know, most of these are like stories in between stories. You know what I mean? Like yeah, you, right. You have a little, you got a, you got a window in the existing continuity where you're telling a new story. And um, so, yeah, there is this kind of challenge of how do I, how is this fresh and new and exciting when we know where these characters ultimately end up? Um, or, you know, where, or, or, or where we don't because it's an ongoing thing. And, uh, right. you know, so... Um, so those are, I mean, that's just the challenge of working with this kind of, uh, material and the um, license and, adaptation. And, in yeah, general, yeah. And so, I mean, part of it is like you, you know, you, you don't, you don't go for unreasonable things. You know what I mean? Like you're not going to do something that's going to change, you know, a classic movie, you know, you're not going to like <laughs> retcon right. a classic yeah, yeah. movie and you're not going to pick stuff that picks apart, you know, a, 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 a uh, you know, some major thing that also is playing out in other, you know, other media and other books. But you are finding that space to do, to, to shed new light. You know what I mean? That's always, that's, that's the, I, I like right now in the Stranger Things book, we're telling a story. Um, we're doing, I'm doing a mini series with Diego Galindo, who's an amazing artist, um, called uh, Tomb of Yibwin. Uh, mm-hmm. And it's, um, spoiler alert, exploring Will's reaction to the death of Bob Newby. Um, Bob Newby is a character uh, played by Sean Astin in the in the show, beloved character. Um, he gets killed off at a certain point, and uh, and and the show, you know, it gives some time for that, but there's absolutely room for more, you know, to to delve into how Bob's death really affected people. And yeah. the Stranger Things people totally, like, you know, the folks at Netflix, they're like, yeah, go for that. That's great. This is a great, you know, place for you to play. And so that's what mm. we're doing. And 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 then we found like other you know, kind of fun, exciting things to play around with at the same time. But, um, but so that's a gift, you know what I mean? When you have a chance to do something that people aren't going to get anywhere else, like that's, yeah. that's when, you know, you, and, and all I need is just, you know, I, I need a little runway, you know, I need a little bit of plot space, you know, to, mm-hmm. to let something play out. And then I need an emotional hook where I can really do something real and emotional with the characters. If I have that, then we're golden. And I've been really lucky working with licensors who have, understood that and really opened up doors nice nice very cool now you mentioned you know the netflix adaptation there uh you have uh something coming from mecca at you via netflix that was announced yes. earlier this year uh, that works getting adapted which is uh really exciting that's a, a bit down the road yeah. it sounds like in terms of that being animated is there anything you can talk to in terms of your involvement your expectations kind of what that experience has been like yeah i don't think i'm allowed to i, I nothing's been announced yet so i can't really say too much but um sure. but i'm very excited you know so mecca yeah. is one of my uh favorite projects i've ever worked on drawn by takeshi miyazawa and it's about a bunch of kids and they're giant robots um the hero is this underdog janitor's kid who never should bond with a giant robot uh but he he you know, through various circumstances ends up meeting one of these giant robots that are supposed to only be there for these military brats and uh, ends up in this academy uh, learning how to pilot and uh, his new giant robot buddy. Um, and he's a big underdog and they fight giant monsters. And yep. uh, it's, it's, it's awesome. But yeah, no, it's a huge thrill. 
Um, it's, uh, I mean, I've had projects that have gone on to, uh, to do stuff in other media, like, um, Planet Hulk became like, they took elements of Planet Hulk and put them in Thor Ragnarok. Very right, exciting. Yeah. Planet Hulk was also adapted into a, uh, uh, animated DVD. Um, yeah. Um, uh, early, early Marvel Studios. Yes, exactly. I think. Yeah. So, you know, so I, I you know, I've, I've been on the periphery of that kind of stuff, but this is a whole nother level with a creator own project. So I'm yeah, excited. for sure. No, that's awesome. That's awesome. I'm glad to see your, your work getting picked up like that. That'll be cool. Thank you, thank you. Um, I, I do want to touch on one more Marvel thing. So like over the past three or so years, um, I mean, I guess really like it's your comics career if you date back to like Hulk and Amadeus Cho, but especially the past three or so years, you've really had a big hand in creating and promoting like Asian character representation mm -hmm. in Marvel comics um, through Asians of Atlas, Swordmaster, Arrow, and elsewhere. Uh, how did you approach like making this a focus with Marvel? Like how did you go about getting that that push because it's been yeah. really notable and, and really interesting to see um, well, yeah, kind of like thrive. Thanks. Yeah. yeah. I mean, from I, I'm Korean American uh, and from the beginning, I was always, you know, interested in, I mean, from one of the big reasons I got, I think I, I'm, I'm actually biracial. I'm half Korean, half white. I think when I was a kid, I, I just was aware of racism <laughs> from a very young age. And, sure, uh, yeah. and I think I'm probably a storyteller partly in reaction to that because I, you know, kind of, realized almost subconsciously from a very young age that I needed to be able to tell my story, you know, mm. um, to connect with people in some way. Uh, so mm. as a uh, writer and filmmaker, because uh, I went to film school and all that from uh, from the beginning, I've always been interested in getting, you know, people of different backgrounds up on the big screen or in comics and um, in particular Asian American characters I've done a lot with. And uh, so Early on in my Marvel career, I was creating Asian characters like Amadeus Cho, co-creating mm -hmm. uh, with that with that with Takeshi Miyazawa again, um, and uh, and that was just a thing I've, I've been doing throughout. Um, but at a certain point, uh, Marvel came to me and said, "Hey, we're thinking about uh, having somebody else become the Hulk for a while, and we're thinking about Amadeus Cho, and would you be interested in writing that?" And I was like, "Hell yeah!" So I wrote this whole series with Amadeus Cho becoming the Hulk, and yep. as part of that, I had this. I just had this idea for a long time of doing a, uh, a kind of a fun storyline where Amadeus hooks up with a bunch of other Asian American superheroes and they like, you know, have Korean barbecue and do karaoke and fight aliens. And, uh, <laughs> right. and, and, and we did it, you know, it was this kind of tremendous, you know, tremendous thing. Uh, it started coming out, I think 2015, 2016, we did the storyline with the protectors and it was like, and I realized kind of ridiculously at the time it was the biggest team up of asian american history heroes ever in mainstream comics um yeah. I, I i could be wrong about that but as far as i can tell that's still accurate um or that would that was accurate at the time and uh folks just you know went nuts for it it had a tremendous cover by stonehouse that people just fell in love with and uh mm. um and so that was really gratifying and i was like i want to bring these characters back i want to keep doing more with them and i put together a whole pitch and uh and uh, you know, and 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 uh, Axel, who was editor at the time, was really into it. And then later on, you know, and then um, you know, and then it, it, but but it didn't it didn't get greenlit then. And then I, you know, I, I kept coming back to it. And then eventually, um, eventually, you know, all the pieces came together. Uh, there was a point when uh, uh, Mark and CB, uh, Mark Panicchio, who was my editor, and CB Spolsky, the editor in chief at Marvel. Um, kind of came back to me and they were like, hey, we're looking at this pitch and um, let's do this. Um, I th uh, one of the things that put it over the top, too, was the fact that there was um, uh, uh, there were 
characters that Marvel had created in conjunction with uh, with um, uh, Asian creators in Asia, including the yeah. Swordmaster and Arrow, these Chinese mm-hmm. characters that were created for Chinese webcomics. And, uh, and then there was this big Marvel event going on at the time, this War of the Realms event. And so, so the idea became to, to do this, you know, to do a tie-in to the War of the Realms event, so it gets that kind of bump up from being part of the tie-in, but then also, you know, have the, the American comics debut of a bunch of these other characters um, as well. Yeah. Um, and so it was a lot, frankly, to, to kind of try to, it, it became a lot of stuff to juggle, you know what I mean? Because mm-hmm. you're introducing a lot of new characters at the same time you're tying into an event, you know? So, uh, but um, that book, I mean, people loved it. We also introduced Wave in that book, a Filipino-American, mm-hmm. or not Filipino-American, but a Filipino superheroine uh, who is uh, co-created with Lanil Yu. Um, and uh, and that, that issue went to like five or six reprints, I think. I think five reprints. It was just amazing. Um, yeah. So, you know, so, so, and, and then from there, I, I, um, yeah, I had a hand in uh, helping um, localize the, the Swordmaster and Arrow comics for American audiences, uh, which is a thing where you get the literal translation um, uh, and then you, you know, you massage it so that the dialogue flows and everything. So, that, so I did that, yeah. for that for a while. Amy Chu took over that gig um, beautifully after a bit. Um, but we were also doing backup stories with Swordmaster uh, that were co-written with Fonda Lee and a uh, backup story with Arrow and Wave that were written with Alyssa Wong, who is now mm-hmm. writing Dr. Afra and and, uh, um, and and Iron Fist. She just got Iron Fist coming Iron up. Fist. Yeah. yeah. So it's I mean, it was it was cool. I mean, it was kind of like um, basically a lifetime of prep and interest yeah. that coincided with you know some other stuff that was just going on in the world and uh right place right time and we got to really blow things up and you know and, and, yeah like shang chi was part of that and and then you know gene came on gene 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 young came on to do the shang chi book right and uh so it, it yeah you did the you did the shang chi and uh Swordmaster back yes, right exactly yeah yeah, yeah yeah so i mean it, it, it's very gratifying because i feel like we kind of had a little bit of a proof of concept with the uh you know with the war of the realm well well with the protector stuff back in the totally awesome hulk book and then we yeah yeah proved it again that folks would you know turn out for this stuff with the war of the realms thing and it, and you know and then and then there have been a lot of other things going on and of course this is all happening parallel with like the shang chi movie getting made right and right. you know there's asian representation in the eternals and all of that but yeah there's um you know there's a lot of a lot of kind of parallel things going on but um but it you know it feels good it's uh uh, you know, I'm, I'm happy to be part of that. Good, cool. Yeah, no, it's been cool to see, especially with, you know, yeah, like you said, like the Shang-Chi in, in the MCU and just like that push and that, yeah. that necessary representation becoming more thoroughly integrated. I think it's it's absolutely a great thing for that universe. Um, all right, I think this covers a lot of a lot of what I wanted to get through. I, one final question I want to ask you yeah. is, you know, you've written so many comics and there's so many good ones. Uh, what's the comics work that you're proudest of that you feel like doesn't get a lot of attention. Like, oh, what's the one that people don't read in your byline that you're like, oh, I, I really had fun doing that project? Well, that's, uh, that's a good question. Um, well, I um, I mean, folks do love, I mean, a lot of folks really love Amadeus, I, but I, 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 do, I do point to his very first origin story that Tak and I did for um, Amazing Fantasy Volume 2, number 15 we did like a eight mm-hmm. i think it's just an eight page story uh that was amadeus's origin story um or introduction 
and I think yeah. it's some it's it's eight of the best pages I've written for comics. It's just a really kind yeah. of I mean it's it's a you know it's a little story where Amadeus basically is on the run and he is needs, that the where like Shield's kind of tracking him and yeah and well it's not to... Shield but it's like a, it's a Shield like secret you know like, there's some mysterious secret organization that's trying to kill okay him or, yeah, or yeah. recruit him either kill him or recruit him it's hard to tell I have a scene in a diner in my head yes so exactly and so he, he, okay. he just you know. He meets uh, Bruce Banner in a diner, and uh, yeah. and then and then Amadeus and the Hulk end up teaming up, and um, it's just like I mean it, it, it's kind of like that character just kind of came together in a really great way, um, and this doesn't always happen, but like in in like we kind of knew who he was or figured mm. out who he was in those eight pages, and that laid the groundwork for his whole career. You know what I mean? He's yeah. always been this kind of cocky, smartass kid who's very vulnerable underneath with a tragic backstory. And who has, uh, you know, the same kind of impulse control issues that the Hulk does. And, and as a result, right. the same kind of like anti-establishment, um, you know, attitudes and uh, gets into trouble, but heart of gold, you know. So, I mean, like that. So I'm really proud of that. That's that's one of the great little things I've done. I think, um, Reese, I mean, I think this Tomb of Yibun, Yibun book that I'm doing, the Stranger Things book that I'm doing right now. Yeah. is quietly one of the best things I've written in the last few years. Um, mm. I, I just, you know, I. I read I read these issues and I get you know I, I, I grin and I get a little choked up you know what I mean like I that you know like yeah it's it's a good feeling uh, so um, I would also what else oh you know what okay here's a really good obscure one is um, the second arc of my Eternal Warrior uh, series <laughs> yeah yeah I did, I did eight issues of Eternal Warrior and the five to eight we jumped ahead in time like I don't even mm-hmm. remember how many years it was like hundreds or thousands of years and it, yeah. it was a story um called it was called eternal emperor and it was basically this i mean the whole premise it's an immortal warrior basically you know um, yeah. and this immortal warrior now it's like you know way down the line and he's kind of retired or, or you know he's living anonymously or, or very quietly with a small village and you know kind of helping protect this little village and taking care of his daughter a granddaughter and then it becomes this whole, he gets pulled back into this whole thing. And it's kind of about this cycle of cycle of technology being weaponized. You know what I mean? And this is, you're in a new cycle of technology being weaponized. And it's this kind yeah. of like tragic inevitability as he stumbles toward this and tries to keep his, basically keep his daughter, granddaughter away from it. But it was just um, kind of a, gen, I mean, it's a, a big sort of crazy sci-fi thing, but also kind of, full of really small gentle moments and um i uh i just um yeah that's i i I think back on that one um with a lot of uh uh affection uh uh yeah i comics are funny because i mean and it's not just comics but anything um in that sometimes you do the best work of your career and maybe nobody really notices or you know like that's that i shouldn't say that sometimes it feels like uh you know like not as many people will notice as you might want you know you get under praise yeah, and yeah. then sometimes you do stuff you're doing your very best but in your heart of hearts you feel like it's a b or a b plus just because of whatever yeah. you know yeah. but sometimes that's the stuff that goes way over the top people just absolutely love it so you kind of have to keep you know keep keep an even head and have a realistic sense of what you're doing and give yourself all the credit for the stuff that you feel like you're, you're nailing and don't get too big ahead about the stuff that people are going nuts for. You know what I mean? It's right. like, right. It is a tricky Hard to thing. predict. Yeah. Yeah. Robert Gill drew that eternal um, emperor arc. Uh, it's such a great time working with him on that. 
Cool, cool. Well, that's a great pick and a great answer. Um, just being cognizant of time, you know, we'll yeah. let you go here. But what uh, what's coming next for you that you want people to know about? What should what should everybody be looking forward to? Well, I've got a few. Um, I got a few creator owned things that are kind of peeking up over the horizon. Not yet ready cool. to announce them, but uh, I'll be honest, the pandemic was not a good time for me. Uh, I mean, it wasn't a good time for anybody, but, um, you know, there's some folks who went into the pandemic and came out and were like, yeah, I did a hundred new creator owned projects and here's all my stuff. That, that was not the case. I, I maintained, yeah. I, I barely kept my, you know, barely kept things together. <laughs> it, was like, yeah. it was hard. I mean, and it is hard. It continues to be hard, but, um, you know, for a million reasons, I mean, I'll, I, I, anyway, we've all been through hell, but, um, but I, but I'm kind of in a place now where I'm things are clicking again and I've got a little more grip on the world and, you know, uh, personal things sure. and, uh, sure. and, um, and these creator owned projects are starting to flow again. I mean, and uh, cooking will break your heart of course is one of those, but I've got a few other yeah. kind of exciting things. I'm not quite ready to announce them, but I would love to come back on and uh, talk to you about those when <laughs> we're ready. Yeah. Amazing. No, that'd be great. Uh, cool. So we'll keep an eye open for those. Like you said, you got, you got Firefly, you got Stranger Things, you got Darth Vader. And then of course the Kickstarter here, cooking will break your heart um this should go live with still some time to back for everyone so again we'll include a link here in the show note um but greg seriously it was it was great talking to you i really appreciate you taking the time today and um and yeah we'll we'll keep an eye out for for what's coming next thank you so much huge pleasure